Welcome to this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg Griffith as we together learn what it means to be leaders of our world as we faithfully love and faithfully lead. Like, share, rate, and review this podcast with your friends and others of influence for they too are looking for people like you to help them lead and love day to day. Without further ado, here is your host, Greg Griffith. Hey, everybody. I am so excited for this day. I'm excited for this interview. But once again, I want to invite you to uh, rate, like, review uh, this podcast. It is something that really helps leaders uh, leverage how they're loved. And so uh, you're out there faithfully leading, faithfully living, and faithfully loving. And so let those who you know who are doing the same thing know that they can get uh, just empowering and encouraging uh, interviews and listen and learn from leaders doing the same thing right here on this podcast. I'm excited for my good friend to be introduced to all of you today. Um, Great guy, uh, just uh, new now kind of business owner venturing out into his own uh, business. But what I love about it is he's actually helping ministries, churches, nonprofits go farther in a way that they're not always positioned to do. And uh, so we're going to we're going to learn a lot about that, but you're going to learn and love his story. So my good uh, friend here, Joey McKiernan, right? Did I get it? McKernan. McKernan. You're I didn't so get close. it. We you're are so, so close. close. <laughs> I'm it's saying okay. you're my good friend. Right. I can't even say your name, last hey, name the right you way. Were, it's McKernan. Okay. Joey. I've always called him Joey. Um, and Just so, Joey's fun. Yeah. 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 So uh, excited about that. But hey, thanks so much for being here. It's great to be here, man. I appreciate you guys and love King of Kings and love yeah. you. So yeah, yeah, man, me. love your family, love what you're doing. Hey, tell me a little bit first. Let's just just kind of lay some real quickly the ground uh, of knowing you. Tell me just quickly about your growing up. Just kind of yeah, yeah. So growing up, raised here in Omaha, Bellevue. So my dad was from Dubuque, Iowa. He had um, three kids there. And then he brought his family to Omaha and him and my mom got married, had me and my sister. So we are Bellevue natives. And when I was in middle school, he ended up taking a job at Open Door Mission, which was kind of what originally got me into kind of the nonprofit work. Uh, I started as a 14-year-old just working in the whatever they threw me into, like working in camps and helping kids and jumping in dumpsters and all that type of work. And uh, it was great. I mean, but that was kind of where I got my first uh, experience in kind of this community-based organizational work. You know, I got into that. Open Door Mission was growing tremendously. Candice, CEO over there, she's an incredible leader. Started growing it, learned a ton. Um, So kind of got into that, attended Nebraska Christian College for a missions degree, leadership degree. I don't, I don't know exactly what that means, but I got the degree. So that's what matters. Uh, and then I just, I always wanted to be a part of work that changed lives, especially for the kingdom. And so I uh, went back to the open door mission. Love that. That's like a home to me. I'm going to love that place. Um, and then I joined the abide team from there. Uh, was at Abide for about eight years and joined their team, loved helping build partnerships and grow and abide and they do incredible work in North Omaha and now we're on to new things. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's help just all of our listeners uh, outside of Omaha yeah. and outside of our, our uh, state here. So Open Door Mission is an organization for homeless men and yeah. women yeah. Uh, and families yeah. uh, to, to come and get just settled and then begin uh, to uh, get into a road to, towards homes. Right? Yeah. And they have rehabilitation programs. Yeah. They do all that type of stuff. Yeah. Large nonprofit. Large nonprofit. How many do you know off the top of your head or when you were there? How many homeless men, women, and families were they housing? I think it's close to a thousand. A thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's close to a yeah. thousand. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is today, but right. Yeah, it's right. Big. It, it is. It is one of the most um, just eye-opening as well as kind of awe-inspiring of of how they work so well for rehabilitation and mm-hmm. then also for just helping people um, get back out into society and into yeah. community in a healthy, healthy way. So um, what what did you do at Open Door Mission? I mean, I grew up working there. Yeah. So like whatever they needed me to do. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I started driving trucks and I'd work in the maintenance area and I'd work in the warehouse and then I'd work, I'd do some chapels. So that's where I learned how to like communicate and speak and stuff like that. Um, pretty much wherever they wanted me, honestly, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, but I learned a ton. And I think when you're in a place like that, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about, uh, the realities of people's lives. I think you learn a lot about leadership. I think you learn a lot about people and diversity. Um, so it was an incredible experience. It formed me yeah, tremendously. You know, so Joey as as just this entrepreneur who's now leading I would say at one of the highest levels that I see. Let me ask you a question. Um, just how important was open door mission for you learning and even even learning in at at the like right driving the trucks and jumping in dumpsters as a young kid, right? Like do, doing those, but but learning there. I mean, how important was that in your formation? And and what from learning in that experience? Um, what what do you still carry with you today and say that really has brought me to where I'm leading today with nonprofits and helping yeah. them? Well, I'll share a story in that because God really moved me. You know, I went to Bible college. I was a sophomore. And in Bible college, if you know anything about them, everybody just wants residencies and like everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a competition. Everybody just like, what, who has the coolest residency? My sophomore, uh, summer of my sophomore year, I had a guy from California reach out and he said, Hey, I want you to intern with us and like come into the team. They led a huge organization, one of the biggest I've ever seen, kind of similar to Abide. It had a very similar, we'll talk more about Abide, I'm sure. Um, kind of like Open Door Mission. He said, I want you to come. I was very overwhelmed at the time and I was very, I could feel, and again, in leaders, I think you start to build kind of this ego. You think you're all that, all that type of stuff. God really spoke to me and said, I don't want you to go to that. It was a great door. It was a great opportunity. But I met with my dad, actually. My dad said, Joe, you shouldn't do that. Like, it's not a good season. You need to stay here in Omaha. I'm like, I don't want to stay here in Omaha. I want to go. I want to go up the mountain, whatever. I ended up staying there. Open door always had jobs available. And so I went to drive a forklift. And I'm driving a forklift in a warehouse. And I'm alone. And... I can't help but think like, I don't want to be here. I want to go out. I want to go lead. And God spoke to me on that forklift in the warehouse. And he said, this is right where I want you to be Mm. because this is what leadership is. And it's just serving and it's serving people and it's serving. 
the people, you will never get an applause for doing these chapels. You will never get applause for being on this forklift. You will never, but that's not why you do it. And I think I wanted the applause. You're a young leader. You want people to notice you. And God just spoke to me and said, this is what it is. And ever since that summer, I think that was a huge shaping moment for me where I was like, I don't want the applause. I think we all struggle, but God really is like, I've called you to surf and change lives. And so whatever we got to do to do that, let's, let's do it. That's so rich. I, wow. Uh, I, I just have goosebumps as I think about that because I, I think what's so important, I know, I know one of the things I really try to press in on my children is I will say to them often, you're a leader today. And a lot of times my kids will say to me, no, I'm not. And I think the world sees leaders as those who are getting applauses, those who are on big stages, those who have a, a crowd following them. And you're absolutely right. In the, in the economy of God, um, true leadership is servant leadership. And it's not about an applause. Um, it's about uh, being in a position where God has placed you. And then the reminder, too, that God has a long view of where he's going to put you. Um, I remember someone saying to me, and I think I, I want to sum up what you just said with this, um, never despise small beginnings, mm, you know, good. and, uh, and I just really thought, good. wow, that's, that's really, really rich. Um, so, so open door mission, learning, learning to lead, learning to serve. Mm-hmm. And then that leads you to another tremendous organization here in Omaha. Um, but one that, that is, is unique to Omaha, but boy, I would really love to see this head out into our, all of our cities. I think yeah. our world would be a different place. Abide. Can you tell us a little bit about Abide? And then what, what did you learn and do there? Yeah. So the story of how I joined about is kind of funny. Yeah. I just kind of showed up. So I knew Open Door Mission wasn't my forever, even though it was really what shaped me. Abide was a place where we wanted to really invest. I knew Josh Stotzler, CEO of Abide, uh, incredible leader in the city. Um, and we knew what they were doing. They're an inner city nonprofit. They're developing neighborhoods. They're raising up leaders in inner cities. I mean, I knew that work in the inner city was really powerful. And I just kind of showed up one day and we knocked on the door and, and I just said, hey, you guys are pretty awesome. Like, I want to be a part. And uh, Josh looked at me and he said, you know, we would love to have you. We can't pay you anything. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> I'll just show up. So I just kept showing up. I just interned. I was like a fan. I was like, I wasn't even an intern. I just, I would, I was like a, a glorified volunteer, but I just kept pushing. And we laugh because there was one time I jumped in the van to go to some event with the team. And like, people are like, who is this guy? Like, he's not even supposed to be. <laughs> one of our staff members thought I was homeless because I was like, they used to take homeless guys and like bring them to stuff. And I'm just like jumping in the car. So they assumed I was one of those guys. And Abide became a family and still to this day is a family. And even with the transition into this new season, consider them some of my closest friends. And uh, yeah getting to work with the Dotzler family uh, and their vision for inner cities, not just in Omaha. It's, it was incredible, but that shaped me in a lot of ways to actually get into positional leadership. And what did that look like to run an organization and run departments and run staffs and managing budgets? And so open door, I would say really shifted, shaped my character and shaped the character of the leadership. I think Abide taught me how to really cast a vision and to run with the vision and to take bold steps 
because the Dotsers are bold people and bold visionaries, and I love that about them. So yeah, that's really awesome. And then, and then, did you did you have a lighthouse at Abide? I was. Yeah, yeah you were a lighthouse leader. Um, yeah, so, tell us what that is. Yeah, because so, I, I really think that's a crux of that that ministry. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah. um, a lighthouse again. This was Abide's kind of bread and butter program. They were refurbishing houses and are refurbishing houses, and then in those homes, they're putting leaders not just people who need homes, but really advocates for the community. We call them lighthouse leaders. And so these are people that didn't have to live in the inner city, but they decided to live in the inner city and they decided to be a visionary leader for that neighborhood. So it's a pretty incredible program. Me and my wife became lighthouse leaders in 20, I think 2016. And so there wasn't much of a process at the time, but it was just jump in and be there. And so I'm from Bellevue, which in the Omaha Metro, kind of a suburban area. My wife is from West Omaha. So moving from there into an inner city uh, neighborhood was definitely a jump and definitely a culture shift in the sense of just a lot getting thrown at you. Diversity, uh, there was some crime, just a lot going on. But God spoke to us too in that and how to lead and how to connect. We threw block parties. We connected with neighbors. I mean, it was an incredible time. And yeah. it's another definitely mile marker. And, and if I recall, if my statistic is correct on this, um, right, uh, 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 a neighborhood that has a lighthouse leader in it, the crime drops 70 75%. 75%. 75%. Yeah. And I mean, this is inner city. This is where the crime rate is high. Yep. And, and, and I think this, what this really shows is the power of community, the mm-hmm. power of neighborhood. And I would even say to the power of passion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no lighthouse leader again is, is there by like force or by will or by that they have Mm -hmm. to. It's volunteer to say, I have a passion for people Mm -hmm. in a city to see something um, that's better than what they're currently seeing. Absolutely. I mean, it's the power of a leader. Mm. And when leaders stand up, and I think that's what Ron saw and Josh, I think, you know, in inner cities, most leaders would leave, you know, they get educated, then they take off. That's kind of the narrative. Abide was really this place where people chose to stay and said, you know what, we could leave, but we won't because we believe in in North Omaha or North Omaha types. So, um, and so you, I, I, and I love how you phrase this, right? So, open door mission really formed character. God used mm-hmm. that to form a character in you of this servant leader, um, and then and then abide really formed. God used that to form how you um, really identify your calling, mm-hmm. and then a vision to bring others through that calling uh, back there, and then and then that leads you to now your next step after eight years. And tell yeah. us what you're doing now because I love this. Yeah, so it's called the Equip Network, yeah. and what we are is a global network for nonprofit leaders and churches. And this network, we're equipping and empowering and coaching and doing all those things. But we're really building this network out across all of America. And so it's a lot of fun. I think what we saw um, and working in nonprofit, literally my whole entire life, it feels like, is nonprofits t- tend to not have a lot of resources. Um they tend to be people that have a lot of passion for people, but not so much maybe in the business aspect or the financial, how to resource the mission. Um, And so we created this network where we're launching chapters, online chapters. We've got some in like 
the uh, UK and, and things like that. It's really cool. But in those chapters, they get access to coaches and mentors and resources, books, podcasts, all that type of stuff. And so, yeah, we're launching it and it's been going really well. So what I love about this is the identifying gap that is truly there. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a uh, leader who has a pretty good network of people, um, one thing I see over and over again for anyone launching a, a nonprofit on their own, or a lot of a lot of especially church uh, workers or church mm-hmm. planters, um, is they have this great passion. Right. They see a need. They want to fulfill that need, and then two things happen. They they uh, don't know how to bring and equip others around them to join the the journey. Um, and so they're doing all the work. And usually what I've seen, usually for those, uh, it's about three, maybe up to five years, and then there's burnout. Um, and, and it just got to where it's too much and they can't keep doing it. Right. Um, but then the other piece that oftentimes their passion is – they don't know how to fundraise. Mm-hmm. And so they have this, they want to help and they want other people to get in. I was just talking actually with a, a church planter the other day right here in the city. And and he looked at me and just said, I'm not I'm not good at talking to people about giving, right. talking to people about right. doing this. And I right. thought, bud, like your ministry is not going to go because people want to give to it, but right. they need to know what they're giving to, and right. they need they need to hear that from you, right? And so, um, so I love this. Talk a little bit more about just why is this a passion for you, and then and then two, how are you seeing God leverage that to help others? Yeah, I mean, one of the big coaching services we provide is fundraising, like you said. So again, the network is great for support. The coaching is critical. I think um, so. When I started to open door. That was a big thing. So Candace is, she's a no joke type of leader. She is a visionary. She gets out there. I saw the value of someone who is able to understand the organizational side to see the impact scale. So when we started at Open Door, there's two buildings. There was the Lydia House and the men's building, and they both were run down, very old, uh, bed bugs, you name it. From there, because she understood the organizational aspect, the fundraising, the bringing people along, the inspiring into action to join the mission, that's what changed it. I mean, who knows where it would be if she didn't know how to do that at that level of her ability. And so Open Door was able to impact thousands, tens of thousands every whatever month or whatever, because she understood, she comes from a business background. She understood how to run an organization. She understood how to manage a budget, allocate finances, resources, understand how to get people on board to give. And so, like you said, it's so critical. I think what's challenging is people who have a passion for this type of work think that they don't know how to do it. But a lot of times they weren't raised in that type of background. And that's where we come in. It's like, you can do this. You just haven't been trained. And so that's where we come in and train and coach and show. And I think there's a lot of stereotypes in fundraising that are negative. I think there's a, oh gosh, like I got to go fundraise. It's like, that's a, if that's your perspective going into it, you're not gonna be able to fundraise. I'll tell you that. But I think if you can look at it differently and I was the director of partnerships at Abide, I always love that term because for me, that's really what fundraising was. It was a partnership. 
and building great connections and partnerships to accomplish a vision. Oh, that's good. That's good. What, um, one thing I, I am curious to with, with, um, you is, is how are you, cause starting nonprofits, mm-hmm. leading a church or a church nonprofit right. or a, um, church plant, um, it, it, it's lonely, yeah. right? Cause you're the only one, yeah. right? Starting a business, same type yeah. of thing, right? right? Like For you're, sure. you're, so, um, there's so much importance to like connecting and, and bringing around community with people that are kind of walking in the same mm-hmm. areas. How do you guys do that? Well, that's why we created it to be a network first and then a service second. So it wasn't just, Hey, I can help you fundraise. That's how it started. But like we started to think this is more than that. This is a network. And so we launched chapters. So we have an Omaha chapter that meets every first and third Friday. There's about 33 nonprofits in this city that meet together. It's, it's a little under the radar because again, it's, it's really designed just to be that place for nonprofit leaders to find refuge and connection and, oh, you do struggle with that or connection or resource sharing. So that was the first chapter we started. We're starting one in Arkansas. We have multiple online ones. We're talking to people in Florida and Chicago and New York. And so this really is that network feel because there's a lot of business that works. There's some churches, especially in Omaha, church networks, but there wasn't a ton of nonprofit networks. And we saw that gap where a lot of nonprofit leaders were soloing it. Um, and so some of their board members come, it's a great time. Oh, that's really yeah. great. So with everything taken off with equip, yeah, everything taken off where you're at, um, h- how do you stay rooted to Jesus and your first person, your, your first character value of that servant leadership? Yeah. I have a buddy. His name is Jesse. He's my best friend. We grew up together. Uh, I kind of created a role for him at Equip to bring him onto the team because I wanted him close. I think one other thing with business, depending on how businesses are run, you can run them really solo. Um, Churches naturally have boards. Nonprofits legally have to have a board. Depending on your business structure, you don't need one. So I think the danger in business is the loneliness, just like nonprofit leaders. I think you can just be running solo and just doing your thing alone. I don't believe in that though. I think having the close people around you is critical. And so I get to hang out with him more than I ever have, which is awesome. And we get to build it, talk about life. Yeah. Have community. It's critical for me. Yeah. I think that's really critical. And, and one thing I'm really pressing into trying to help everyone else and someone helped me with this too, is just that reminder that you, you need, and I think it's a biblical call. You need the intercessors, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the one-to-one that, that person that you're just, they know everything, single thing about you. Um, and you're able to talk to, talk to them and, and that's not your spouse, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Someone Mm -hmm. else. And then, and then kind of this group of three, that Jesus had um, there. And then, and then you have kind of this larger group, you're 12, and then you've got just the whole, a whole community where they, they, they just know that, but it is so important to do that. Joey, as we wrap up today, let me ask you this last question. Knowing everything you know today Hmm. and where you've been and, and where you're going and everything that, that is there and the excitement of there, what would you tell your 20 year old self? It's a big question. <laughs> what would I tell my 20-year-old self? Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. 
Oh man. I would say, I would say be patient. The lessons are not just in the books, but in the failures and the, every season has its purpose. I'm just like throwing different ideas now, but, Mm -hmm. um, every less, every season has a lesson in it. Um, bring more mentors around you. Those are probably what I would say. That's good. (laughs) They're kind of all over the place, but (laughs) it's good. No, Uh, that's really good. I think so many of us are afraid of failure. Failure is so important. mm -hmm. Mm. It's good. We can't learn without failure. Absolutely. Um, And so, so you have to be willing to fail, especially if you're leading, you're, Mm -hmm. you're going to fail. Right. That's okay. Um, And the mentor piece is a really, Mm -hmm. really big idea. I think it's so important. Um, for all of us, look at when, and, 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 you know, some, some might be hearing this and saying, okay, great mentor. Who do I, who do I mm-hmm. look at anyone in, in where you want to go, whether it's a successful marriage mm-hmm. and by successful, meaning that they're still married, mm-hmm. um, that they're, they're, they've, they have longevity in their marriage. So if you're a young married couple, if it's parenting, someone that has children that are much more seasoned or older. Um, and if it's your career, look at someone that you go, you know what, in 10, 20 years, I hope I'm where they're at. Mm. Um, and then just talk, like invite them into your life because mm. they'll tell you the landmines that you don't know where they're at and what to avoid and, and or how to navigate through them. So, so that's a really wise, wise thing. Anything you want to wrap up with us today? No, just thank you. And uh, if you know anybody who's running a nonprofit, we'd love to have them in the network. So how can they find you, Joey? Our website's equipglobal.co and any nonprofit leader or someone on a board or even a church leader can join the nonprofit and, or join the chapter and be a part. So, all right. Equipglobal.co. Just go check out the website at least and look at it and uh, then share that with anyone that you know that's out there. Uh, Share that on your Facebook. Once again, like, review, share this podcast. Thanks again for faithfully leading, faithfully living, and faithfully loving. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for being a part of this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg next month for leadership insights to faithfully love and faithfully lead. Now go be terrific today.